One thing I have asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, Seek my face. My heart says to you, Your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for speaking to us and not being silent, making us guess what you say, what you think, but speaking through your um, psalmists and prophets and authors of Scripture to um, communicate to us. And Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you that you are the great story that undergirds all of scripture it's your story it tells about your uh, promise and your coming and your redemption thank you for being the god of our salvation and holy spirit we ask that you would come that those um, parts of us that are indifferent to jesus would be softened and new passion uh, woken that where we're trying to hold on to the world with one hand and you with the other that that hold on the world would be loosed here today uh, through your word and and where we are indifferent or hard or apathetic or closed off to you completely and have chosen other things instead of you that we would at least be open to asking the question um, today whether or not we should seek your face and I pray all of this for your glory amen great thank you okay um, so today I want to basically do two things. First of all, I want to share a breathtaking invitation in, invitation that you have been given. Breathtaking, really amazing invitation that you have been given. And then secondly, I want to encourage you to take a bold response to that invitation. And But I want to set that up by asking a question and telling a little bit about a story um, a little bit more about myself. So here's my question. Have you ever been invited uh, into something that is so amazing, so cool, or by a person that you're, you really admire or care a lot about into a relationship or to an event that is just almost takes your breath away? It's like, wow, I can't, I can't believe that I've been in, invited into this. Well, okay, so now a little bit about myself and and uh, the situation I found myself in last November when my wife Jenny uh, said to me Jason you're languishing you're not doing well so we moved to Redmond about seven years ago to take this call of a small uh, church called Redeemer and uh, that was great we we landed and and um you know it took it's taken a long time in fact to develop relationships and connection and community and 
uprooting after 13 years of being in Indianapolis and, and raising our kids there and building friendships and then trying to rebuild friendships in a new place and, and uh, maybe a little bit of the Seattle freeze and, and whatever, but I was really struggling to find friends and build community and, and have connections that seem deep at all. And, uh, and then COVID hit, and that just made matters worse. I mean, we're all wearing masks, and we're all staying inside, and we're not connecting to people. And, and um, so in November of, of uh, 2021, Jenny said to me, you're languishing. I was eating too much. I was drinking too much. I was probably low-level depression, and I'm a pretty optimistic, pretty uh, positive, happy person. But I was not doing well. And she said, I, I think you need to, you know, come with me to the Y and exercise, you know, or we got to find something for you. So I was dragging my heels because I like to compete. I want to, you know, play basketball with the guys or whatever. And I, I had been playing basketball with a group of men. And then that had all stopped because of COVID. And so I'm like, I don't want to just go and swim or lift weights and Anyway, she said, no, you, you really need to come with me. And so I, I show up with her at the Y and I wandered down to the gym. And, and I, ha I noticed that there were some people in there playing some game with rackets. And so a couple of older people said, come on in, come on in. I opened the door, you know, I peeked in. They said, come on in. And they said, hey, we're, we're playing you know, pickleball. Why don't you, here, grab a racket. We'll teach you how to play the game. And so, you know, I'm out there and they're explaining the game to me. And I kind of had a good time. And so I'm like, I think I might show up the next day. I show up and, and that kind of led, one thing led to another. In December, they were like, hey, we're, we're having a party. We're having a, a kind of a holiday or Christmas party. You and your wife, you, you guys have to come. And so we go to a Christmas party that was being thrown. Really fun and was the first party I think we had been invited to since we had moved to Redmond, which seems weird, but it, it, it probably was. And then spring comes and summer comes. And by the way, I'm showing up now at about 7 in the morning, 6.30, 7 in the morning, Jenny's all bitter at me because I'm running off before she's up and wants to go because the better players are playing early and so I'm just enjoying myself and then summer comes around and um, and I, I happen to, I notice that there's a pickleball court near where we live and there's people playing and soon I'm playing mornings for a couple hours, late evenings or afternoons for a couple hours. I'm running around like two-a-days when you're playing football. I mean, I'm just having the time of my life and being invited into friendships and what WhatsApps group. And, and if you don't know what that is, and I didn't either, it's just another kind of a, a way to connect with people and message people. And I'm part of these new communities and have found these connections. And, and um, I'm playing among other places at the International School in Bellevue. I meet this guy named Steve. He's a really good player, invites me to play with him. We have fun, and uh, it turns out that he and his wife are going to be heading back to Costa Rica where he teaches in a week, and we're just having a, a fun time, though, playing together. And, and he invites me over to his place, uh, their place. Uh, we sit at the lake. We have, you know... After playing for three or four hours, we just have a great time talking. And what I'm trying to communicate to you is that 
all of a sudden I'm, I feel like I'm invited into friendships and community and connection like I hadn't been. I'm flourishing. I've lost, now I've lost 25 pounds. And I'm, I'm in a much better place because of a series of invitations from my wife to a Christmas party into friendships and connections with, with a, a whole bunch of people. Now, is, that was a long introduction, but, but simply what I want to ask you is, where are you languishing in your life? Where are you not doing well? Where are you struggling? And what I want to encourage you is that you have been given an invitation, a breathtaking invitation into something that if you will respond boldly, then you will flourish, you will thrive, your heart will come alive. Things that were untapped or hurting or broken will be healed and so on. So I want to invite you into that. And the way I'm going to break this sermon down is, first of all, look at this breathtaking invitation, your breathtaking invitation, and then encourage you to a bold response. So what is that breathtaking invitation? It comes in that Psalm 27 in verse... Um, verse 7 and 8. David cries out, Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. I want you to talk to me. I want you to respond to me. I want to be in a connection with you where you're listening to me and talking to me and I'm responding to, to you. And then here is the invita- invitation. You have said, Seek my face. David says, you have said to me, as a person, as your creature, seek my face. That is the breathtaking invitation that you and I have received today from the living God. Now, let me break that down for you in three parts. First of all, it's breathtaking because of who invites you. You have said, not your secretary, not your, you know, it's not mediated through anyone else. Not from my parents, but you have said to me, and it's you who have said it. You, the Lord, the Lord himself. Remember, that is the personal name of God. It's like saying, Jason has invited you to seek his faith. Someone that you care greatly about. The Lord himself, you have said, seek my face. It's like an invitation from that person. The most weighty, significant, beautiful person that you could imagine. Now fill in the blanks. I don't know who that is for you. But imagine receiving an invitation from someone like that. The Lord himself has said. Not only is it the one who says it, but this one is beautiful. Earlier in the psalm, David has said, I want to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord in his temple. That's the one thing I seek in life. Now, there's a lot of ways to talk about the beauty of the Lord, but one of the ways I like the most is to talk about how the attributes of God um, combine so powerfully. For example, on the one hand, God is righteous. He's just. He's holy. Right? He does everything right. He loves what is beautiful and true. He's righteous. That's what it means to be righteous. And that in itself is a stunning attribute. How many people you know that do everything that is right, right? But on the other hand, 
God, our God, is full of mercy and compassion and tenderness. He's rich in mercy. So he's absolutely righteous on the one hand, and on the other hand, he's full of mercy. And when you combine those attributes, you see someone that you want to be close to. We, the righteousness of God and the mercy of God, right, in one person. And so when you begin to gaze upon the attributes of God and all of them, all of the facets of God's glory, it's the best way maybe today to describe it is looking at the images from the James Webb Space Telescope. I don't know if you saw those images that have recently been published, but you begin to see the galaxies, the universe, and all of its, its glory, its colors, the beauty, the expanse of it, the space of it. The, uh, it's just overwhelming to think how large it is. But, but the colors of the constellations and the stars and the, and the galaxy upon galaxies, just it's breathtaking. Or just go outside at night on a night where there's no lights and it's pitch dark and look up at the stars and wow, sometimes the beauty of God's creation can take your breath away. So it's breathtaking because of who invites you. But it's also breathtaking because of what he invites you to. He says, seek my face. Now, when I was thinking about the face, right? The face. That's an interesting way of saying it. Most of the time, people aren't coming to you and saying, seek my face. You know, but God does say that to us. Seek my face. And the face is really the most personal part of who we are. Because, you know, you've probably seen pictures where you you black out the eyes of a person you know you cover their eyes or you just see you don't see their face you see their body it's really really hard to distinguish who a person is by the body but by the face that's how you know who a person is that's you know there's you probably have heard of a thing called facebook it, that's because capturing the face, it's, it's how you know a person, it's how you see a person, it's how you project who you are and so on. And um, so the face is really, really important. My wife used to say to our kids when they were in trouble and she wanted to communicate something very clearly to them or when she just wanted them to hear her, she would say, look into my eyes, stop what you're doing, stop whatever it is and look into my eyes. I have a message that I want to it you know what do you do you gaze lovers gaze into each other's faces into each other's eyes it's that close personal communion that you can have between another person it was interesting after the service on sunday i was standing there saying you know greeting people as they walked out and someone was walking through the line where i'm like oh my goodness i know that face i know those eyes and uh, she introduced herself. It was Angela. You know her as Angela Brewer. But I, I knew her back in the day at Western Baptist College, now Corbin University, when she was Angela Woods. But I, I, I didn't remember that. I couldn't place her name. I didn't even know where I knew her from. I'm like, do I know her from high school? It's one of those terrible feelings, right? You're like, I know this face. I know those eyes. But I have no idea where we connected or how we knew each other in the past. And she introduced herself and explained uh, what that is. But you get the importance of a face. When God says, seek my face, he's saying, I want a close, personal, intimate, precious uh, relationship with you. 
Now you might say, well, hold on for a second because what if his face is angry? Like my dad's face was angry at me or my mom's face or I felt the contempt of someone. When I look into their face, I see that they're disappointed in me. So why would I want to see God's face? Why would I want to look into God's face when I'm afraid of God's contempt or God's anger or disapproval of me? But in Scripture, God's face refers to His love, His acceptance, approval, His smile, as one of my friends likes to put it. For example, let me uh, read from Numbers chapter 6. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. The Lord make His face shine upon you. Your pastor says that to you as you walk out. The Lord lift up His countenance, His face upon you. It's part of the relationship that we as believers have with God is one of seeing His face, knowing His kindness, His smile. But my favorite illustration of this is Jacob's story. You may remember in the Old Testament character Jacob, who was kind of a deceiving rascal. He uh, deceived his father and got the blessing. He uh, stole the birthright or bought the birthright or whatever from his brother Esau. There was all kinds of things he did to damage relationship. And so he was on the run. He fled to uh, his uncle Laban's place. He worked for many years for Rachel and Leah, his wives, And eventually he gets pushed out of there. He returns back to his homeland. And Esau, his brother Esau, who he has betrayed and damaged through a lot of different ways, is coming to meet him with an army. (laughs) And Jacob is freaking out and he's, you know, trying to figure out how to meet his brother and how to avoid being destroyed and, and everything bad. And that's the night that he wrestles with the angel or Christ, uh, the theophany of Christ at the at the brook uh, Jabuk, and um, and this is a this is a, the critical turning point in Jacob's life. And uh, when his brother Esau comes with the army, though, he leaps, you know, he leaps towards him and greets him with a hug and with warmth and a smile and embrace. And Jacob says that seeing your face. Esau, being surprised by your smile, seeing you um, in a way that you're approving of me and loving me is like seeing the face of God. That's how he describes that interaction. So it is breathtaking because of what he invites you to. And then finally, it's breathtaking because of how he invites you. He invites you to seek, to pursue To be interested in that. To be interested in Him. To engage in relationships. You know, when I met Steve, who we played together, and, um, you know, we're having a lot of fun playing at the international school, I found out when he was flying out with his wife, and I said, listen, let me come and pick you up. It was like four in the morning. I'll drive you to the airport. You don't have to worry about getting an Uber or any of that stuff. I'll, I'll take care of it. Because that's what I did, you know, with my next door neighbor and elder and friend in Indy. That's what you do with your friends. I'm like, let me get up early and and absolutely, I'm going to drive you to the airport. I had only known him for maybe, you know, two weeks. But 
we had a friendship. That's what it means to be invited in. Someone invites you in and then you respond. It means that you're engaged. So this brings me now to the way that we can sin against this invitation of God, this breathtaking invitation. There's three ways that we can sin against it. First of all, just by being indifferent. You have said to me, O Creator God, the God of the universe, the God who spoke and the massive, immense universe was created, the one who created me, who wove me together in my mother's womb, the one who made me the way I am, the one who is um, weighty in your glory, holy and righteous and also full of compassion and mercy. You have said to me, seek my face, but mm, a little bit ho-hum about this. Not really into it. I'm a little indifferent. And that's one of the ways that you and I sin against God's invitation. We're just kind of indifferent. A second way that we sin is that we're indecisive. We're kind of like, okay, it's pretty cool. You invite me to seek your face. At, but I also am really into the world and the of the world that I'm attracted to. And believe me, I get how hard it is, right, to, to really say, yes, I, I will seek your face. But we're indecisive. If you're like me, you're indecisive. And sometimes we just say, mm, I'm going to choose this instead of you. You have said, seek my face. If I was invited by Bill Gates into his foundation to uh, talk about a big project I have, I would not be, inde- not be indecisive. I would not choose something else. I would go because what an opportunity here. What if the President of the United States said, I want to meet with you. I want to get to know your story. You would totally be into that, right? It doesn't matter. But with, with God, we choose a lot of the painted fading beauties of the world and they end up trapping our soul I was reading this morning from Proverbs 7 that talks about the adulterous woman who invites this young man who's wandering along the road near her house you know come on in I've got a nice bed I've paid my sacrifice sense beautiful sense and all these things and the young man is, is wandering closer and closer and and eventually it says uh, something to the effect, um, with much she pers- persuades him. With their smooth talk she compels him. All at once he follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a stag is caught fast till an arrow pierces its liver. As a bird rushes into a snare, he does not know that it will cost him his life. It doesn't, guys, it doesn't just have to be a beautiful woman. It can be your job. It can be moms. I don't want to be stereotypical here, but it can be your children. There's all kinds of things that can be the beauties of this world that we're just holding on to that we're like, ah, this, I choose this over you, my God, seeking this over your face. Okay, I know that first point is long. This second point will go rather quickly. What is the bold response that I want to encourage you? And I'd say this, if you're a seeker, if you're a cynic, if you're a skeptic, I would I say this to you. This is a bold response that you should make. And if you're a saint, if you're a Christian here today, this is a bold response for you. It's the same for all of us. My heart, 
my heart says to you. That's a weird way of saying it, right? It's not just, I just say to you flippantly, but my heart, the deepest part of who I am, my passions, my desires, my heart, this is what my heart wants. I'm not just saying this intellectually, but this is what I I want. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. That's a bold response. Your face, Lord. Not another's face, not another beauty, not another glory or, or anything, but your face, not another's. And it's Lord. It's Again, that's the personal name of God. It's not the generic word for God. It's like saying, your face, Jason, or your face, Jenny, I will seek. It's a person that you're seeking. And I'm going to seek. I'm going to pursue. I'm going to respond. I'm going to take you to the airport. I'm going to show up, right? I'm going to make you my one thing. Now, where do we seek God? And and that's tricky, right? Because, okay, okay, it's easy to say, I'll seek your face, but where do you seek God's face? I mean, how do you see God's face? Well, of course, creation, there's the beauty of creation, and you can meet with God there. Scripture, God's word, is how we know his will and his heart and he communicates to us through scripture and certainly in God's the community of God's people in worship and with other believers we can experience the face of God just like Jacob did with his brother Esau he said man seeing you seeing your grace seeing your kindness to me is like seeing the face of God and all of those are real valid ways to seek God's face but I want to put a very fine point on it Where do you see the face of God? You see it in Jesus. God actually came. He pursued. He came to you. He crashed into your world. He entered into our life. And if you want to see God's face and look into God's eyes, then you have to look at Jesus. And that's what Christ says to us. And I want to close with, with these words. This is, I think, all of this is scriptural, but I'm going to put it as Christ saying this to you today, as Jesus saying to you, just like my wife saying, look into my eyes. Kids, look into my eyes. I want to say something important to you. So imagine Jesus saying these words to you. Jesus says to you, look into my eyes. I see who I made you to be, and I like you. You know that Jesus loves the world, right? Or loves you, right? Because that's what he has to do. That's, he, he's a savior, right? But, but do you, could you imagine him saying, I don't just love you, but I like you. I made you the way you are. And I know your limits, and I know your struggles, and I know your sin, I, all of that. But I, I like you, I enjoy you. I see who I made you to be, and I like you. And I see your sin. I do, I see all of it. And I see the deep hidden motivations. And I see the things that you have never shared and never will share. I see it all. But I love you so much that I died in your place to give to be both righteous and merciful in your life. And look into my eyes. I first loved you and I sought you and I came through fire and darkness and death and hell for you. I came for you through all of those things. Because I love you. Look into my eyes. You see that. And look into my eyes. I cherish you. 
and I'll never let you go. Your father and your mother may forsake you, and their faces may be angry and disappointed and full of contempt. But when I look into your your face, I love you, and I'll never let you go. Look into my eyes. I will finish the work I began. Even if you choose to go another way and hold on to the world and all of that, I'm going to finish the work that I began. Look into my eyes. You belong to me. You are mine. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for being the pursuing God for us. And honestly, we all choose other beauties constantly over you. You are very far down often, sadly, on our scale of values, on the one on the things that we pursue. But all of those other beauties, all of those other other fading beauties, the painted beauties of this world are really cheap and shallow and end up leaving us in a trap or with an arrow in our liver. And they're not satisfying. You alone are the beauty of beauties. And we thank you that we can seek your face and make you our one thing. Help us to do that, we pray. Use this uh, great psalm that calls us to seek your face. May we respond, your face, O Lord. I will seek. And we pray all of this for your glory, that you would be glorified through us, your people, and through the conversion of those who don't know you yet. Um, We pray that you would be glorified in this way, in, in your name. Amen.